This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we speak with corporate pilot and avid podcaster, Justin Seems. And we're going to, just in a minute, we're going to get to him. But before we do that, we have a few announcements. First, thanks to our sponsor, Strummer Law, who donated two scholarships guides uh, to the law offices of Strummer, assist pilots with their FA medical certification. To find out more, go to strummerlaw.com. Also, thanks to our patrons, Shay, Brian, and Kenyon for paying it forward. You know, you can help out too by paying it forward. And it's really easy. We have a Patreon account. If you give $10, you are actually going to be donating a scholarships guide. You know what we do? For every $10 we raise, we give away a scholarships guide. Uh, It's been great to be able to give those away. And the way that you can get a scholarships guide for free is using that coupon code Pay it forward. Pay it forward, all one word. You know, through the generosity of others, you you may receive a scholarships guide for free. So check that out, aviationcareerspodcast.com. Of course, if you have any questions, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. The most recent update, uh, 79 scholarships, four updates, and a new category for adults. So go ahead and check that out online. Also, don't forget, we do have the new YouTube channel. Actually, it's an old YouTube channel. We just started putting more posts on there. The most recent one out there is uh, the Pilot Resume Course. A very short, under 10-minute course, five simple steps to create your pilot resume. Well, let's get on with our guest, uh, Justin Seams, and he actually is uh, somebody who's an avid podcaster, but today, before we talk about his podcast, we're going to talk about what he does during his day job, and that is as a corporate pilot. Welcome to the podcast, Justin. Hey, how you doing? It's great to be on here. Yeah, man. It's uh, It was great to visit on your podcast, the Pilot to Pilot podcast, uh, some great interviews you're doing there. Um, but uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about your career path and uh, and some of your background as far as how you got into aviation and why you like uh, the corporate aviation world. So just tell us a little background about, uh, about yourself and why you are passionate about flying. Oh, man. All right. So, well, I have kind of a weird story because I come from an aviation family, but aviation was never even... I never even thought about becoming a pilot. I never, never once when I was younger, I didn't play flight simulator. I didn't look up at the sky and dream about being in airplanes. But uh, my grandpa was a pilot. He flew in World War II. He flew the Chinese Burma hump. And then my dad is a pilot and he flies currently for American Airlines. And he went throughout via Piedmont, US Air and American. So I've exposed aviation my whole life. But like I said, I never once kind of considered it as a career until I went to college and realized pretty quick when I was there that I wasn't going to make it to the NFL. I needed something else to do. <laughs> well, that's a, it's a good choice. That's for sure. But uh, talk a little bit about that. You, you mentioned the NFL. So you played sports in college. Uh, what did you do in college? I did. So I played football at Ohio State. I was a uh, backup quarterback, also a head signaler in my playing <laughs> game. I, mean, I was out there looking like an idiot, doing much motions and dances on the sideline, giving the plays to uh, the quarterback so he could relay it to the team. But uh, I went to Ohio State. I was recruited to a bunch of different schools, eventually chose Ohio State, which was the school of choice. That's a, my, I've always been an Ohio State fan, so it was kind of a no-brainer when they came calling. So you actually played a very key role, and they've done very well because of you. 
Yeah, yeah. I take all this. All, I attribute all this success just to me. So without me, they'd be nothing. Yeah, right. No, they, uh, it was a great program to be be a part of. Uh, I learned so many life lessons there. I, I faced a lot of adversity. Uh, learned a lot about myself. Kind of learned how to uh, handle. You know, what's really interesting is when you're an athlete and you get recruited, you're always told that you're the best, and you're always kind of fed these kind not necessarily lies, but maybe you are the best at the time, but when you get to a place like Ohio State, you quickly realize your place and kind of the totem pole. You realize how good you actually are and what your future is going to look like. And it's really hard to come to the conclusion that your lifelong dream of playing in the NFL or even just being the starting quarterback at Ohio State can come crashing down. So it was interesting. And aviation was there to kind of pick me back up and uh, give me an opportunity to have a good career. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of interesting. I tell people about when they make it to the majors that you think you're a really good pilot till you get to the majors and you're flying with all these really experienced folks out there. One of them, of course, you fly with guys that were, you know, Blue Angels and Thunderbirds and folks that, you know, flying the SR-71 or even the Space Shuttle. And you're like, wow, amazing accomplishments. So it's always good to stay humble, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's the number one thing in aviation and life in general. Uh, it's just stay humble. I mean, you're you're not better than the person next to you. Someone might be having a bad day. You might have a great day, but you're gonna have a bad day eventually too. And you're gonna you should definitely stay humble, and it would be easier that way. You know, before we start talking about your job as a corporate pilot, it's fascinating that you you've actually seen the ups and downs in the industry through your whole lifetime. I mean, you have a lifetime of experience in the aviation world. And and that's great. I'm sure that's that's really kind of you know made your view a little different than most. It has. It. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it prepared me for this, but I've always kind of had the idea of how cyclical the aviation industry is, and I I never really lost sight of that. I mean, I know the times are really good, and I was everything was going great, and it's easy to kind of think about how it could never happen again. And I will agree that I probably never thought it would ever come to where we are today or be in the situation we are today. But uh, it has it has prepared me mentally to kind of accept this challenge and know that this is what we're dealing with and it is going to get better eventually. The The aviation industry is very resilient and has been proven to to come out of very tough situations when they've been counted out. So, I mean, when my dad had deregulation that he dealt with, he had to deal with September 11th and he was at US Air, which arguably probably was hit pretty hard. One of the harder ones hit, I'd say, that still made it. They went to filed bankruptcy twice and I'm sure multiple people, smarter people than me, have written them off and said they go out of business. So I think he took at one point it was a 60 to 70% pay cut over a day. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty drastic for someone. And just to see that and be around, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some great living history. It's uh, one of the things that'll, I, I wish people could talk more about that because of the fact that we're in a time right now that's tough. Uh, but we've been through this before, haven't we? We have. No, we definitely have. And like I said, it's proven to be resilient. I think what's important right now for a younger aviation professional, someone that's even looking to to get into the career, maybe they just got hired at a regional and they're really hoping for that two-year flow or five-year flow to American or whatever, insert your future airline here. But it's important to know that this is a blip on the screen, right? This is just going to be a momentary blip in your career. And in five years, you could still be at American, Delta United, whatever airline you want to fly for. And you can have a great career and you'll look back on this and you'll just, it'll make you better for it. And it's just an unfortunate time, but make sure you can look past what's happening right now and still focus on trying to get uh, your dream job. 
you know, I know that's tough for somebody who's listening that's like 21 or 19, that this is just a little blip. And we talk about a few years, like you were just saying. Uh, and I know it's cliche. We say, well, when you look back, it's, it'll seem like such a short amount of time. And I get it. I've been there. I've been furloughed for years and, you know, sitting on the street and trying to figure out where your next paycheck is coming from, living out of your car. Those are tough times. And I get it. But it, it, you will just look at the future. And I always like to tell people, try to look ahead, look 10 years ahead and imagine what you'll be. 10 years from now. Think you'll make it to a major in 10 years? You, you probably will. And you'll have that airline job. Don't look at what's happening right now, but plan for it. That's for sure. Yeah. And think about it. So say you said 19, 21 year old. So say 10 years now, you're 31. You still have a very, very long career ahead of you. Granted, the 20s might be a little rougher than you thought. And you saw some other people go through some great times, but just remember, it was probably 10 years ago. I mean, yeah, 10 years ago, exactly. The FOs at regionals are making minimum wage. They're making like 18 grand, 20 grand. They were, I have, I've told stories in my podcast that people come on and they were sleeping on park benches in between flights. They were shaving in the bathroom at the airport just because they didn't really have a place to go afterwards to shave. So it's a, where the industry is now is still even the, the prices that you can make, the kind of quality of life that you have is significantly better than what it was in the past. Yeah, significantly. My third year at a regional, I made 16000 a year. And yeah. uh, just, uh, it, oh, it's amazing now. And hopefully that that'll trend will continue. And I think, too, that one of the things that we look at is just what's happening to us right away. And we get discouraged. And I know a lot. I'm getting a lot of people writing in and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm bored. I'm discouraged. But there's always something you can do. Just try to pull out you know, anything. Look at a sectional chart. Do some studying. Get another rating. Do another written exam. Do something. Yeah, I mean, whether you can uh, prepare yourself by using a, a service like yours to to be ready for when the interview comes calling because they will still need pilots in the future or say you're working on a rating. Maybe you can't go to your flight school, but you go and utilize some of these great online programs or you can use a free program like YouTube and just Google just aviation. Just make sure you're staying involved and keeping kind of that, that bug itching because I found in my own personal life and what I've heard from other people when I tell when they tell their story is that the longer time they take off, the longer longer the time that they don't have aviation in their mind, it's easy for you to maybe not come back, if that makes sense. Oh, gosh, it makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of people know that I was a furlough representative for ALPA for about 11 years. And exactly what you just said is what happens to people. They wind up not staying in aviation. And then they turn around and they think they're going to come back in after five years of being away from it. Now you have to go back and get maybe new certification, get current again, build more hours again, and then they miss the next wave, and it continues on in that cycle. So I think that was some great advice, Justin. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – I mean, it happens too when there, there's just a lot of adversity in the in this industry, and I would hate for this to be something that keeps you from going on to having a good career. So like we said earlier, just try to look past this. Try to focus on what you can do now to prepare yourself for a, a, what will be and what hopefully will be soon a great career for you. So you're talking about adversity, and to circle back to the whole, we had to talk about athletics. And I tell people one of the greatest things you can do is if you're younger, is think about doing a sport or something that's team-related. And I think it really does help in somebody's career. I asked somebody this a while ago, you know, what do you think the advantages are of having somebody that has a background in sports and teamwork? So I'll ask you that, Justin. Do you think that would be a, a good advice is maybe to seek out something that has to do with a team or sports-minded? I would agree. I mean, I am very biased in saying that, but I, I learned a lot about life through sports. I learned a lot how to carry myself. I learned problem-solving characteristics. I learned kind of being a quarterback, how to think on the fly and how to really operate 
when nothing's going your way. You're going to find yourself in a cockpit one day when things just aren't going your way and you're going to have to rely on your skills. You're going to have to rely on your training and you're going to have to get the job done. So I've definitely been able to see kind of a one, well, also a teamwork. So you're working with CRM with your captain and, and how to be a good person and how to get along with other people. So that kind of helps too. Cause if you don't get along with people on a, on a team, you're going to be isolated and life won't be too easy. So you definitely learn how to talk and how to uh, communicate well. But also, like I said, it's, uh, it has to do with uh, handling that adversity in the cockpit. And I think that sports definitely helps you because nothing goes right within sports. And <laughs> you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to learn how to come back from them. And by sports, and there's also other activities too. I mean, some people are Im- involved in things other than physical sports too, like band and that type of thing. I think that helps also. Oh, I definitely agree. I was never involved in a band in, the, in a band setting, but from seeing on the outside, it helps teach you discipline. I mean, some of the band practices that I saw, they they might have been out earlier and practicing longer than we were on the football field. So they definitely put in a lot of dedication. There's a lot of teamwork. There's a lot of trust that everything, all the moving parts are going to come together at one time. So I believe that band, theater, kind of anything that you can do to put yourself out there and maybe initially get yourself out of your comfort zone and help push you to, to learn kind of these life skills that will help you whether it's aviation or any other job that you're going to do down the road or just to be a good person and be a good husband and be a good wife great advice you know justin you had a family that was in the airline world and you went on to do the corporate pilot thing and i'm not going to ask the, the question that most people would ask i'm going to start off with a you know what are your favorite things about flying as a corporate pilot Oh, man. Uh, I think I'm addicted to kind of uh, not knowing what's going to happen next. So I I love the idea of going to Aspen in the morning and then you're in St. Martin in the afternoon or at night or packing for eight days and not knowing really where you're going to go. And I know people hearing that right now would be like, well, one, you're out for eight days. That's insane. And two, you don't know where you're going. You are a psycho. But I don't know. There's just something about it that is just fun. It's just um you don't, you just don't know. It keeps your, it also really keeps your piloting skills to a very, very high level because you're constantly being tested. You're constantly being pushed to, to learn new things, to go to new airports, to see what the mountains are like, to see what the crazy, maybe uh, a Caribbean beach that you've never been to, or you go to a different country and they don't speak the same language. And there's just so much differences that happen every single day. And it keeps it very, very interesting. So I got to ask, how's your golf game? It's terrible. I'm a terrible golfer. (laughs) The reason being is I was always good at sports and I was always good at whatever sport I picked up and I picked up baseball and I was really good at baseball and I carried over swinging skills like a baseball player. So it does not translate well (laughs) to a golf game. And I, yeah, I just didn't have the patience to work on it. So maybe one day I'll get better. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely doesn't translate that way, does it? Uh, It's that I should probably be proud of. It's funny because most of the corporate guys are like, oh, I get a chance to golf uh, and my golf game is great. But uh, I guess in your case, you don't want to golf anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, I wish. Uh, the place that I fly, we're, we're pretty much a, a corporate airline, more of a fractional airline, I should say. Uh, we operate just like the airlines do. We just don't, everything changes on the, on the spot, but we essentially operate like an airline. Yeah. And to be fair about the, the not knowing where you're going and stuff like that, because I know some people are thinking this is you could do the same thing by being on reserve your whole career at an airline. The only difference is that, and this is an important point, I think, is that as an airline, if you're on reserve, you wind up usually making less money than somebody else that has a line. Whereas in a corporate job, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're making the same amount of money, correct? 
Yeah. Uh, so the where I work specifically, you do make the same amount of money. We do have some. You get a, so you get extra money if you fly over a certain threshold uh, hour wise. So it definitely helps when you get the longer legs. But some days you might just get all the short legs. But yeah, essentially we do all make the same money going into based on your seniority and year. And you get to fly some really cool equipment. You're not flying like 30 year old airplanes, I'm assuming. Oh, no, we're flying brand new airplanes. I mean, some of them are old, but the latitude specifically what I fly, I mean, the airplane was certified, I think, three years ago now. So we don't have a single latitude over three years old, which is pretty amazing. And when you think about aviation, you think about 172s, 152s, people are flying and they're 50 years old. And I'm here flying a a three-year-old, beautiful G5000 equipped airplane with, with, it still smells brand new, which is amazing. Yeah, and I, I sit here in a 20, 30-year-old jet looking at that and the videos and the pictures you take and saying, God, I wish I had that in the cockpit. It's crazy, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the G5000. It's a looker, and it can uh, it definitely does well on Instagram, and I use it, and I probably crutch on it too much to, to get the likes that I want, but uh, <laughs> it's fun. It makes life a lot easier. It's uh, Garmin has done a great job in creating. I think this is their very first like true FMS style. They had the G3000, but I think this is the, the actual FMS iteration that they want to go forward with. So to me, interesting to see how it plays out and, and further corporate world, and if they can ever crack it in the uh, the airline industry i'll tell you some cool looking planes cool places you're going to but you know it's not all fun and games as they say there's some challenges in the corporate flying what do you think would be the the biggest challenges if someone's thinking about this as a career um you really have to be comfortable knowing that your job doesn't stop when the plane lands so airline pilot what you would probably agree you come into the terminal you go to the gate you turn left you shut the door and then you you fly two hours three hours you land and you turn right and then you go out the gate and you come back and do it again but in the corporate world you need someone to clean the toilet you need someone to wipe up after someone you need to make sure catering gets there you just have so many more things that can also wear you out and be more tiring than maybe just flying four legs a day, but also making sure catering newspapers, we have a Keurig, so you don't have to worry about coffee too much, but just making sure everything is looking right for the passenger that you're flying next because each passenger deserves to have a brand new, uh, an airplane that looks like it just rolled off the line every single time. So I'd say that's something that people need to be very comfortable with. And every corporate place is different. The place I fly, like I said, is operates like an airline. So it's probably, I mean, I'm not going to say it's safer, but they hold safety to a very high standard and they'd never compromise it. But I've heard stories in the past where if you get on with a, maybe a small 91 carrier that sometimes they might push you to feel when they don't feel comfortable in certain situations and they don't, they want you to get the job done at all costs. Where where I fly, we don't have that at all. But it's definitely something to take into consider in consideration when you consider this kind of uh this kind of career path. Yeah, and that can happen in the airlines too, especially uh, you know, when things are tough times, they'll push you to fly a plane that you're not really comfortable with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of aviation as a whole, right? Like they all, all the companies, their end goal is to make money and it's up to the pilot eventually, which may be not the best thing in the world, but that can be a, def- a different conversation for a different podcast. But it, a lot of times it can come up to the pilot to, to make that superior knowledge decision and be like, hey, I'm not flying this. This is not airworthy. I'm not putting, in your case, 200, 150 people in danger just so we can complete this flight. You know, you're talking about the challenges, and some of those challenges actually can be turned into things that are fun, and uh, and you might look at it from a different perspective, couldn't you? Yeah, you definitely can. I mean, it's definitely... It, it, it keeps it interesting, like I said earlier. It, it is fun. It is a different type of flying. It is 
it, like I said, it keeps you very high in your aviation skills just because it's, it's demanding. I mean, you're not flying the same routes all the time. You're not going to the same airports. You got to keep thinking about things. And as you know, flying on the airline sometimes can get pretty monogamous and you can kind of, you know, exactly when the, the frequencies are coming up next, but that's usually not the case when it comes to, to corporate flying. Yeah, that's for sure. And also you learn things. I mean, you do get really deep into everything. I can't tell you. I mean, the last 18 years, I think I've filed a flight plan twice and you've probably done that more in the past maybe month. I actually, we have a full dispatch team where I fly, so we don't file any flight plans. So I'm very similar to you right now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I haven't filed yeah. a flight plan in forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, spoiled there. No, I'm just kidding. The, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's actually cool. And a lot of folks, I think that, that's awesome you brought that up because I think people don't realize that in corporate departments, you do have a dispatcher that can help you out, right? Yeah, you do. I mean, like I said, where I fly, we have a full weather team. So we have, I think, uh, seven meteorologists on staff at all time for us to call, for our owners to call, to feel comfortable about a flight. We have dispatch. We have a support system for the owners. We have a full-fledged operating airline essentially up there. But other smaller operators, and when I flew freight, we didn't have dispatchers. We had customer service representatives, but they would essentially be the ones that filed the flight plan for us and they made sure that it was going to work out, but it was still on the pilot themselves to make sure that everything was legal. Cause at the end of the day, it comes down to the pilot. It doesn't come down to the CSR because the CSR that case didn't have any kind of legality behind what he was doing. It was all based on uh, what the pilot said and what the pilot kind of to, to say yes or say no, make sure our alternates correct and all that kind of stuff. No matter what flying you're doing, make sure you do that. I think that's uh, something you have to look at is you're the pilot in command. You're the one that's it's the bottom line, no matter what environment you're in. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you can, I'm sure you can say the same thing. You get pretty complacent when you're used to someone doing it correctly all the time. But there's going to be days where they make mistakes and it's up to you to catch it. And you need to catch them every single time. So it's important to read through uh, read through your dis- read through the dispatch notes, read through everything that they've done just to make sure they do it. And it's not saying anything bad about them. It's not saying that they're not good at their job, but it's just important for the safety of flight that everything is operating and everything is is looking correct. Yeah. It's always good to have a couple sets of eyes on it. You know, in the corporate world, we talk about, you know, the, the fact that you get these cool new jets, you get some exciting flying. And, you know, one of the things I think people don't realize, there is another career path out there, and that's the corporate world. I think we we kind of focus on the airline so much because that's where I think the majority of people go. But uh, what would you tell somebody as far as, you know, maybe even why you went to the, to the corporate route instead of the airlines or, or why in general someone should consider going the corporate route? Well, one of my goals with the podcast is to help show that there is so many other good career paths than not just airlines. You do not have to be an airline pilot to have a successful career, but there's so many different routes you can go and there's so many different things you can see, so many different things you can do. You can fly helicopters, you can fly corporate, you can fly, you can be a CFI for the rest of your life and still have a good and well-fulfilled career. So my main goal is to push that out there, let everyone know that there are different jobs out there. Um, But for corporate, I, I... like I said, I just I think it's a very, very good job right now. I think that they are hiring just as much as airlines are. You get some great experience. You get to see the world. You get to fly to a bunch of different places. And you get to meet some really cool people. You get to talk to owners. You get to talk to see people in FBOs. I met Jerry Springer in FBO, which is really random. But like you just get to see and meet and do some pretty cool things that maybe airlines don't let you get. Like Obviously, you're going to have cool people on your plane too, but it's a very different kind of uh, customer service based and kind of one-on-one or one via eight, which is the max amount of people we can have in our plane interaction. And you become part of that team. One thing that I really enjoyed as far as the, my short stint with corporate is the fact that I felt really appreciated by the family. I mean, they even invite you sometimes to some of their meetings and some of their holidays. 
Yeah, they do. There's uh, my dad used to fly corporate before he went onto the airlines and he flew for a family that would say, Hey, we're going up here for two weeks. You want to bring your wife and my wife would, or not my wife, my mom would ride in the back and go up and they'd hang out and be at a resort for two weeks with the owners and kind of just have fun. Yeah. And I think that's neat when they appreciate you, especially in front of all the folks, like in the certain corporate meetings, they'll say, Hey, and this is the person that keeps us safe in our travels. And they'll point out their, the whole crew. That's, uh, the pilots and also the other, the mechanics and all the folks that keep the, the department running. And I think that's really important. I agree. I definitely agree with that too. So if you're looking at, uh, something other than the airlines and you want to get into this world of of corporate flying and private flying, what would you suggest for somebody that's seeking that coveted left seat of a corporate jet? If someone is interested, kind of how they can uh, kind of see themselves in the future, I'd suggest following people on Instagram that do the same thing. Uh, reach out to corporate pilots that you know, kind of figure out what they're doing, how they got there, and always ask them why they got there to find out the right reasons. Because everyone has different reasons. Some people might have a family and corporate just works better. Some people might hate corporate and wish they go to the airline. So it's interesting to to get everyone's feedback and to see what works best for them. But through that, creating those connections, you're going to find out, hey, well, I just left my last job and they're going to want a job flying their Learjet. And the next thing you know, flying right seat in a Learjet leads you to right seat in a 350. And the next thing you know, you're upgrading to captain in the 350. So I think either through Instagram, making those connections, reaching out to people or going to your airport. Maybe you work at the FBO. Maybe you're just there flying all the time and you are around some jets and you just go up and talk to the pilots and see what they're doing, see what they did and kind of get your ear out there. I guarantee you if you go to up to a pilot and be like, hey, like I really want to be a pilot. Do you have any advice? I guarantee you they will, they will stop to talk to you whatever five ten minutes whatever time they have yeah it's great to do that kind of networking and just in general people want to help people who are interested people like to talk about the career you know they do yeah i've noticed that with the podcast people love to talk about aviation and there's always a time for that yeah there is (laughs) you know one of the things you mentioned is instagram and you're really crushing it on instagram so since we're talking about that um you talked about kind of living vicariously through some other folks and where can they find you on instagram because you have one heck of an account i appreciate it on instagram i'm pilot the pilot um and yeah so you can just go pilot the pilot and find me on instagram and i try to post very i treat instagram very interestingly because i don't my plan isn't to be instagram or insta famous as some people call it i just want to show what my life is like and give you the good parts and the bad parts so i don't ever just want to focus on all the good stuff but i also want to make sure they know hey it's like i'm waking up at 3 a.m for the sixth time in a row like i'm very tired or i flew six legs today or show the weather i just flew through not with videos in the airplane but maybe show it through my track on flight aware or show you what's going on with a profile on four flight but yeah instagram's been fun it's a good way to communicate and good way to uh to share your life yeah and you're doing a great job on that and one of the things that's kind of interesting about being on instagram uh, as a corporate pilot not so much in an airline world i can't share as much as you can i think that's awesome that you can do that yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, like I said, I try not to to put myself in any situation where my company wouldn't like what I'm sharing. So I try to sh- I try to keep it like I'm just at an airline because it's very strict guidelines. I mean, whether airlines or corporate, like I don't I don't take any pictures when I'm flying. I don't videotape of me flying at all. I try to keep it very professional and uh, take pictures when I can, when it's safe, when there's no owners around and when uh, I know that the company won't look at it and find it one day and try to fire me because Instagram is not worth your job whatsoever. 
No, that's for sure. Any of this stuff isn't. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because some people, they don't understand how to manage their accounts and social media. Obviously, I'm out there quite a bit in social media. And I even, I've actually taken pictures while I'm flying in my own airplane. And people are saying, hey, should you be even taking pictures in the cockpit? I'll be, well, this isn't my little piper. It's not in my airline. So you have to be you can cognizant of that, don't you? You do. You have to be very cognizant of that. And another thing you have to be cognizant about is just the fact that Instagram is very addictive. You're going to get very addicted and very caught up in the Instagram life where you want to have those followers. You want to have those likes. And it's going to create a mindset of you always trying to create more content and better content. And it might put you in a weird situation where you might be more willing to cross the line than you were before. So it's a very interesting place. It's a very cool place and a great community. But you have to have kind of be in it for the right reasons because there is good things and bad things. And the bad things, like we said, losing your job for Instagram or social media in general is not worth it. Yeah, there is a line. Don't cross it. And, you know, you know, on this podcast, uh, you've heard of me talk about uh, friends uh, of the podcast that have actually lost their jobs because of it and because of social media. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, that one post isn't going to make you famous enough. That's for sure. No, yeah, it might give you five minutes of fame, but it's not going to put food on the table for your family or uh, put it put some money in your retirement, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you know your Instagram page, but you're also an avid podcaster, and we kind of talked a little bit about that, but tell us what the, the Pilot to Pilot podcast is. I knew you alluded to it, so give us a description and tell us where we can find it. Yeah, so uh, Pilot to Pilot, obviously Instagram at Pilot to Pilot. Website is pilottopilothq.com. Why the HQ? Well, I didn't want to spend $4,000 to buy pilottopilot.com. So <laughs> HQ it was. Um, but yeah, I'll post, post a podcast there, a weekly podcast. I'm actually going to send out two a week for the next probably couple months just because I've been recording so many. And uh, there's more people with some free time to listen. So I try to get some more inspiration out there. But the main goal is just to encourage and inspire future and current aviators to either start or continue their training because we need more pilots. The world needs more pilots. And I think that we have a pretty cool career path, and I think anyone can do this. They just need the inspiration and the idea that they could be a pilot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, one of the things I think you, you also have pilots that are doing this for a hobby, too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, I, all pilot stories is what I'm willing to share and willing to tell because it's not just about going to the airlines. I, um, I would love to own my own plane and go fly for fun and just do GA flying, and I think it's cool to highlight those stories as well. It's also really cool just for people to know the how accessible flying can be, how easy it is to go get your rating. Granted, you need to have the time and money as well, but it literally is just you going to the airport and saying, hey, I would love to fly today. And they'll be like, all right, well, this instructor's free at noon. Come back at noon and we'll make it happen or come back tomorrow when the weather's better, you know? So Pilot to Pilot, great resource for folks. I highly recommend you checking it out. And Justin seems, you know, this has been great having you on and talking about the corporate life. And I'm sure we're going to have questions, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We'll shoot them over to you. Love to have you back on again. But I was wondering, do you have any links or anything to other websites that possibly, if someone wants to get into that whole corporate world, is there any suggestions you have? MBAA possibly? Is that a good yeah, one? Yeah, well, I mean, MBAA is obviously a great resource for that. And that kind of encompasses all of corporate in one. I mean, it's kind of like our ALPA. But it, it's a great resource. It's a great place to learn about it. And kind of, uh, they're going to sell you on corporate aviation if you look at that website for too long. That's for sure. And of course, Pilot to Pilot on, on Instagram is a great place to go. Oh, and, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, that's for sure. Well, Justin, thanks so much for stopping by and talking to us about corporate aviation. Is there anything else you want to, any other advice you want to leave people with before you go? 
Uh, my main advice for anyone that I talk to is make sure you get into aviation for the right reasons. You might see a Delta airline pilot right now making, or not right now, but a couple months ago making a lot of money or your friends flying a 787. But do know that aviation is very cyclical. We find ourselves in a downturn right now. It doesn't mean that there won't be a huge upswing soon too, where you're going to want to be a pilot. So stick with it, be in it for the right reasons. Don't be chasing money when you're coming to aviation because you will not have a, a good, and we might have a good, but you might not have a, the career that you thought you going to get when you get into it. So just do it for the right reasons and always be willing to learn. Great advice, Justin. And if you're listening right now and you're wondering how do you get started in this, it's real simple. You can turn on a podcast just like Pilot to Pilot, like you're listening right now. There's a lot of resources out there. But the most important thing I think you need to do is just like Justin said, just get out there to the airport and do something. Go out and fly. Go out and do some research. I know it's tough to fly right now, but there's tons of stuff on the internet. And the most important thing is if you're going to get into aviation, you can do anything in your life and you want to move forward. You just got to take one step every single day to move forward in your career and take a big step, a small step, no matter what it is, start now. So when you turn this off, I want you to go out, check out Justin's podcast, check out Instagram, check out some of those YouTube uh, things that we've talked about. Some of the new stuff we have out there, like that free uh, pilot resume course that we have out there right now to actually make your resume. So when this hiring starts again, you'll be ready, but take one step today to move forward in your career. Safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.